Four games down, 30 remaining. The month of March has come to a close as we turn the calendar to April. Happy to be back with you here on the New York Red Bulls radio network. This is our podcast that we do every month. This is Inside the Booth, Matt Harmon and Steve Jolly. we say a very good afternoon getting set for minnesota united fc coming in to red bull arena on saturday night we are happy to be back with you here on the new york red bulls radio network broadcasting is always via our tune in radio app at newyorkredbulls.com and on the new york red bulls app new york coming out of the first month of the season one two and one couple of losses in their last couple of games one at home to orlando city and this most recent one in chicago a one nothing defeat at the hands of the fire We've got a busy show for you as we always do we'll break it into a couple of segments the first month we will look back on for this New York Red Bull team. We'll get into the first months of the season so far for Major League Soccer as a whole. Some surprises in both the East and the West. And as New York is in the midst right now of playing three or four on the road last week in Chicago, this one at home against Minnesota, and then a couple of interesting games after that in Sporting Kansas City and then at New England. Steve and I will bounce around his favorite road trips in Major League Soccer. But perhaps as I say, a very good afternoon to my Red Bulls radio partner. The biggest news of the day Steve, is that your fantasy team is off to a fantastic start. I am so glad you brought that up. It was probably more than anything else, uh, Liam Jolly, my nine-year-old son's effort. I forgot to do my team at the very last minute. He calls me up and says, Dad, I did all the changes for you. Next thing you know, I look at it this morning, what did he get me? 114 points. I'm just, I'll start the rumor now. Like somebody's going to be calling him for a manager position pretty soon because he's pretty amazing. Very uh, disappointed in that you didn't have the responsibility to set the team for yourself. Obviously, it, it worked out, however, in your favor. We've, we've proven yet again, whether it's my kids or yours, they're probably more intelligent when it comes to certain things than you and I are. I would most definitely agree with that one, especially on your side. Ouch, that hurts. That hurts. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's dig into this first month of the New York Red Bull season. Uh, expectations high for this team, as they always are and always have been over the course of the last four now into five years. Supporter Shield wins, obviously, in 2015 and last year with the 71 points, 2018. So when you start off a little bit slow, Steve, I'll say one, two, and one with the four points. Uh, certainly not any sort of panic within this team or within this organization, uh, but a couple of disappointing results for this team, back-to-back shutouts, Orlando at home, and then Chicago this past weekend. Yeah, we're going to look back at the uh, the month of March for New York Red Bulls, but uh, I'm hoping that they're looking forward. I don't think there's any panic in the room, which is always good. It's early in the season, so anything can happen relative to the next couple of weeks. But, um, you know, let's be honest. It's not the uh, the first month of the season that we all wished and hoped for. But, um, you know, there's some talking points. There's some good talking points, like how the team held up well in terms of not, quote-unquote, starting their first team against the Columbus Crew and getting that, uh, that tie to start off their year. Um, but at the end of the day, there are some negatives in the sense that this is the only win that we've gotten in Major League Soccer is against a, uh, let's just say, 
not the best San Jose Earthquakes team. Well, let's let's look at uh, the last couple of games because I think that probably would be uh, most of our talking points. You've got an Orlando City team that came in a couple of weeks ago to Red Bull Arena, and it's hard for any team to win at RBA. Uh, and I think most of the most of the issues here defensively, Steve. I think um, you could make the argument that that New York is playing well and has played well pretty much throughout the entire part of the year. They, I mean, they've only given up uh, a minimal amount of goals in these in these four games that they have played. Uh, but it's been the offense which has been a little slow to come around. Yeah, and you know the biggest thing is for me when I look at the game, especially with the Orlando game at home. Um, it was how we gave up the goals in terms of transition. You didn't really see much of that in 2018. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, there's not much great concern in terms of us giving up. You know, we're not a leaky defense here. I think it's just the, the amount of urgency set forth in the, the final third of play uh, needs to be a little bit better, I think. And, and to be honest with you, and maybe this is just me and maybe you see it, I don't know. But it seems like the, um, the team from the first line of defense isn't as sharp in terms of what they know the roles and responsibilities are in terms of putting that high pressure on. Well, you, you look at it in the way that the, the team is constructed and uh, actually had time to talk a little bit with Aaron Long after the game against Chicago. And um, you being a defender by trade, I mean, I, I threw the question out to him. You know, you think he's been out with international duty. Kamar Lawrence been out with international duty. Amir's been out with international duty. Does it take any time to readjust to playing back and forth with one another? He flat out looked at me and said, that's not an issue at all. We've got a very good, if not the best back line in all of Major League Soccer based off of last year moving forward to this year, we expect to get a shutout every single time that we go in and play together. Uh, and I'll say in, in a good way, Steve, it, that's a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of pressure when you've got those four guys in the back that you can probably think, yeah, going into a game, we're going to shut a lot of teams out. Yeah, and I think that's a great mindset. Uh, do I wholeheartedly agree that it doesn't take time for them to kind of nurture that relationship again like they did in 2018 but when you have Kamar Lawrence out for as long as he's been out you have the shift in different players playing different roles Mario out uh, obviously Aaron with his national team commitments uh, it, it does take a little bit of time and and as we talk about that first month of the season you see all the transitions that they had relative to new players and new positions you know I, I'm still very optimistic about this team I do think they need to be a little bit better in the final third but uh, when you look at this team and, and you look at, uh, you know, how, you know, they've done a great job in, turn of, in terms of the spine of the team. Robles was absolutely huge in Chicago. Could have been much worse. But, um, you know, this is a team that is just kind of putting it all together. And uh, unfortunately, it's a long, long season. And I would have all expectations come Saturday night against that Minnesota United team that there is going to be a, an extra spark and an extra desire that this team is going to put forth right there at Red Bull Arena because they've had success since 2010 when they uh, opened the arena. And, uh, and they don't like the way they performed necessarily against that Orlando team to come in and lose that game. So I, I'm having the expectation that Minnesota United is going to have a tough, tough day there on Saturday night. Well, you know, the other thing, too, and, and you look at it, and, and we obviously do our coach's interview with Chris Armas uh, that you can hear on our, on our pregame show, Countdown to Kickoff. And I have phrased this question, I feel like, in three different ways, but almost the exact same question the last three weeks. You had a San Jose team that was looking for a win after they had been beaten up in a couple of games. You had an Orlando City team that was looking for a win. You had a Chicago team that was looking for a win. And just the way the schedule fell, yes, based off of last year in 2018, those were teams that were at the bottom part of the league in Major League Soccer. But I, th I think sometimes people forget 
Steve, it's a profession and a livelihood for the other side as well, where they don't want to start their year in Chicago's case. They don't want to open up their season with four games in a row without a win. Uh, San Jose didn't want to do the same, even though they didn't win their game. Orlando City, the same thing. You know, they, they had a tough loss last night with D.C. United. But in order to figure out, okay, are we turning the corner a little bit? And as we, you know, span across Major League Soccer as a whole a little bit more, these other teams want to win just as much as New York does. Oh, I completely agree with you. And and that's why I don't really put too much credence in that first month of the season. And I mean, at the end of the day, we, we're playing until November. That's or October, this case, this year. Um, you know, this is not a situation that I have any, you know, concerns or worries relative to how I think the, the outcome of the season is going to be. Uh, do we need to be a little bit sharper here or there? Of course. But, uh, I probably, if I'm sitting here, I'm probably saying, you know, the, you know, NYCFCs of the world, the Real Salt Lakes of the world, the Atlanta of the world. Those are some that I think are more pressing concerns than, than anything that, you know, the Red Bulls are looking at right now. New York 1-2 and 1-4 points. They've got Minnesota United coming in on Saturday. We'll dig into that game, including the upcoming schedule in our uh, second segment here. This is Inside the Booth. I'm Matt Harmon. He is Steve Jolly. We are your crew for the New York Red Bulls radio network. You can listen to us on our TuneIn radio app at the uh, New York Red Bulls app at NewYorkRedBulls.com. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast channel via Apple, via Google Play, on Stitcher, a lot of different ways. If you're so inclined, uh, feel free to drop us a rating and a review. Um, and in Steve's case, try and make it as kind as you possibly can. We like to keep him on a positive movement <laughs> moving forward. Touche, uh, touche. Steve, in terms of Major League Soccer so far, some teams have played five in a case like Columbus and some of the other teams. Some have only played three. It is Toronto who has played the least amount of games so far in Major League Soccer. But for a team that started their season a year ago, uh, mixed in with Champions League and never really got themselves on track. Well, so far they're 3-0, and and I think they've been one of the talking points so far of the league, especially in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, just you look at the Eastern Conference and you look at uh, at least, you know, the teams that are uh, have made some significant changes to their roster over the last, let's say, almost 18 months. The D.C. Uniteds, the Columbus Crews, the Toronto FCs, the Philadelphia Unions of the world – um, you know, obviously there are some some very talented teams that, uh, quite frankly, went and, and you know went to their checkbook and, and put some brought some stars in, and and they're seeing the uh, it's quantifiable now that those stars are, are making a great benefit uh, on the eastern side with some of those teams. Uh, you mentioned that the teams that were kind of struggling a, a little bit, the Atlanta United. I mean, that was coaching changes, philosophy changes, NYC, a lot of player changes. And, uh, and I know we'll probably talk at some point uh, there in New England and what the, uh, Brad Friedel had to say about in terms of trying to motivate his players. Uh, you know, there are some big question marks there uh, on the lower end of the table on the Eastern Conference. And crazy when you go back and look at the uh, weekend that was in Major League Soccer, uh, a Montreal team which had played pretty well over the course of their first three they get absolutely run out of the building against Sporting Kansas City, which uh, is a team that's gearing up for their Champions League games against Monterey. Well, they didn't really hesitate to throw everybody out. They they beat Montreal 7-1. to one. Uh, Steve, you know, you and I have been involved in, in some of those games. Obviously, you bring up the NYCFC team uh, when New York had went to Yankee Stadium, won that game 7 to nothing. But you, when you beat teams that particular fashion 7-1 in that case LAFC beat San Jose 5 to nothing over the course of the weekend 
it has to be extremely disheartening for a team that's on the other side because during those 90 minutes, and I know Montreal will say, well, uh, Nacho Piatti didn't play, but he's not going to make up the difference between six goals. Those are really hard games, I would think, to respond back to. I completely agree with you. I mean, when you look at the Western Conference for May, um, there are some some super teams, and those super teams include, obviously, LAFC, Seattle, and as you mentioned, Sporting KC. Sporting KC is playing with all the confidence in the world right now, and, uh, and I'd like to see them be world beaters. I'm rooting for them uh, in the Champions League now. Well, you have to. They're the last team remaining in Major League Soccer. LAFC off to a great start. They are 4-0-1, 13 points. That is the most right now in MLS Seattle. How about Houston, Steve? I remember us talking about Houston last year. They had gotten off to a decent start last season, and then they kind of fell on hard times. So far right now, they seem to be clicking uh, not just on the attack, of which they've got 10 goals, but defensively they've seemed to play a little bit better, at least in the early going. You know, three wins and a draw so far through their first Ten uh, through their first four games, ten points. It, it's a, it's an interesting team in the Dynamo. Yeah, I agree, and it's not a team that many people know about. It they, the similarities that uh, they're having relative to success reminds me a little bit of what uh, FC Dallas is doing this year as well. Those are two teams in Houston Dynamo and FC Dallas that we kind of keep an eye out on. They might be sneaky when it comes to uh, at the end of the day uh, getting up there to come. A, kind of the one of the better seeds in the Western Conference because they're solid teams uh, straight from the, the top of the roster to the bottom of the roster. Bounce back over to the East a little bit. It was D.C. United who had that win over the course of the weekend uh, against Orlando down in Florida, 2-1 to one the score there. Uh, it has been an, a really interesting story to see Wayne Rooney come in last season and do what he's been able to do, not just from a from an on-the-field standpoint, but a guy like that, I think, Steve, you, you I think you would agree with this, when he made uh, the move over to Major League Soccer, how much energy he's going to have left, how much enthusiasm he's going to have left for the game. He's not only helped D.C. with better results, he's really changed the culture, and you could make the argument he's probably saved his head coach's job in Ben Olsen. I completely agree with you. He's been a revelation. I think uh, if he continues this up, He's going to look back at, or at least we're all going to look back as fans of Major League Soccer and said this was a tremendous uh, designated player that came to our league. Sort of like the, uh, you know, the, the David Beckhams of the world where, you know, not only was he a class on the field, but he was a class off the field and afforded his team, you know, to reach new heights. I mean, obviously they have some talented players with Ariola and Acosta and Burnbaum in the back. They added Brilliant this year who's done a good job. Um, you know, that's just a, a very solid team right now. I think Bill Hamid has been phenomenal uh, there in the Nets. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Wayne Rooney has been a special, special talent for a long, long time. He's only 33 years old. I say that uh, meaning that he seems like he's been playing for the last 40 years, um, but he's only 33. He still has a lot of energy and more than anything else, he's been nothing but professional. Uh, there at DC United. A team in Columbus that New York started their year against in Major League Soccer the beginning of March. It was a 1-1 draw then. Uh, they came away with a 2 nothing win over Atlanta over the course of the weekend. A couple of things jumped out at that, and it, and it made me think of a question to, to throw you before we take our first break and then lead into our second segment. Um, the weather in Columbus was absolutely torrential in terms of the rain. Not only did the crew get the victory, you saw players literally running off the field, running for cover at the end of that one. Steve, what do you remember in terms of, of bad weather games during during the place uh, of your playing career? Uh, I do remember some bad weather games specifically in Columbus and also uh, Chicago throughout the course of uh, 
of my career, um, especially when we were entering kind of the shoulder months, whether it would be April. Um, and then, I mean, let's be honest, in, in the month of April, you never know what you're going to get in the Northeast. You know, it's sort of like what we've had in terms of weather the last couple of days. One day it's 70, the next day it's 35. Um, but, um, you know, Columbus seems to kind of putting everything together right now. That's a sharp team. Uh, obviously, I feel that, you know, Zach Steffen has probably kept them in a lot more games than they really should be. Uh, but you have to count them as one of the kind of the, the brighter uh, spots of, of that Eastern Conference as the Columbus team because they keep on getting results. Keep on getting results tied right now with D.C. Ten points between the two teams. Columbus has played one uh, extra game. Obviously, it's a long season, and as you look at teams, uh, there are so many little twists and turns that teams will take during the course of their year. How much would you read into the start for any team? You know, Because you know even a D.C. United, a Columbus, LAFC, Seattle, Houston, looking at the teams that are at the top of their leagues right now, rare is the time that teams at some point Steve, don't go through some kind of dip in form, whether it's injuries or just not clicking or playing together very well. Well, if we look at it from a just kind of a recency bias, I mean, think about Toronto uh, in 2017 and what they did. And then what happened in 2018 It was obviously something that nobody kind of looks back at fondly in terms of what happened to Toronto. Um, Atlanta, you know, obviously had tremendous success in 2018 and they're struggling mightily right now. Uh, I think Frank DeBoer has a lot of answers, uh, a lot of questions to answer in terms of what, you know, that team is looking like. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a unique nature of major league soccer. I think that's the value of the parity that has existed in the 20 plus years of, of this league is that you should be, and there should be no excuse for you not competing right away, which kind of plays into kind of, I know we're going to talk about a little bit relative to the San Jose earthquakes. Um, I, I don't know what the heck, the coach was thinking about when he said, you know, this was a long-term plan and that not to expect uh, what it's success for this team for what, four years down the road. That's the most four year plan. Thing. That is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard. And I completely and utterly agree with Alexi laws coming out and just calling him out. Uh, there's just really no reason in major league soccer because of the rules that are implemented and because of how, you know, designated player and home grand players, you know, work it. They, every team should be able to compete, uh, at, at some level in Major League Soccer over a year turnover time. Well, it's, that, just, it, it's ridiculous comment. That's going to be something that we're going to continue on the other side when we dig into some of the teams that New York will have on their schedule in the month of April, including Minnesota United. That game coming up Saturday night. Tickets are available. You can go to NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information on how to grab tickets as New York back home after the a loss in Chicago. They've also got interesting trips to Sporting Kansas City to New England. Their head coach, Brad Friedel, making some interesting comments trying to motivate his team. Seemed to work as the Revolution were able to get a victory over the course of the weekend. We'll dig into that. We'll also look at some of Steve's favorite spots in Major League Soccer for potential road Road trips and a little bit more. We take a quick time out here on Inside the Booth. We come back with more of our April edition right after this timeout on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls Radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. All right, after a quick break, we are back here on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. I'm Matt Harmon. My partner is Steve Jolly. This is 
inside the booth. We just spent some time going back the first month of the season for New York. Crazy to think that it is already April in New York in the span of playing three of four on the road, including last week's game in Chicago. Home, however, this week for Minnesota United FC, a team that is in their third year since coming in the league in 2017. And Steve, I want to pick up as we kind of look at the next couple of weeks uh, for New York and, and focus back on something that you had said in terms of a league of parity. I know you, you made the comparison to what Matias Almeida had said with a four-year plan of San Jose and Alexei Lawless on national TV kind of taking him to task saying there's there's no way that works. I think Minnesota is kind of an interesting team this year to keep an eye on. They are a team that uh, including this game against New York, will have played five straight on the road before they open up their new stadium, which will take place on the 13th of April against NYCFC. So the fact that they are 2-2 two and two so far with wins over Vancouver and San Jose, both on the road, I think that bodes pretty well for Adrian Heath and his team as they, as they try and turn the corner a little bit and become a little bit more of a player in Major League Soccer. I agree. Um, you know, they made some changes relative to defensively bringing Icopara in. Uh, their DPs, Quintero and Rodriguez, have been solid. Um, this is a team that probably is looking forward to their first, uh, you know, home game for the season. Uh, they're on April 13th, opening up that amazing facility. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe they look past this game, quite frankly. I mean, they're a little bit, I would assume, a little road glory. And, uh, and this might be an opportunity for this Red Bull team to really take it to them. Um, I think what we're going to see, and I, I, you and I talk about it on air all the time, those first 15, 20 minutes and how important it is. I think this team, Red Bull, is a little frustrated with themselves right now. Not frustrated with one another, but frustrated within themselves. I think they're introspective and saying, you know what, let's take this Minnesota team to task in the first 10 or 15 minutes. So I'm expecting to see a lot of urgency on the field. I'm expecting to see that high press um, that, you know, at times I haven't really seen enough of. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic this is a good opportunity for this Red Bull team to pick up three points at home. All right, so let's focus on the Red Bull part of it because uh, after the Orlando game, there was that um, long conversation that, that many people had talked about. All right, we've got to look a little bit deeper. We've got to play a little bit harder. And then you go into Chicago and you lose another frustrating game. Um, how, how much conversation do you think takes place when you, when you factor in a plus B, A being Orlando, B being Chicago, you're hoping that the result of being the answer uh, would be a Red Bull team that, that, as you said, a little bit angry, a little bit frustrated, and why not take it out on Minnesota? I agree. You know, we talk about it um, in the necessity of that. At the end of the day, there's things that you can control and things you can't control over the course of 90 minutes. So things that you can always control is your effort. Um, and that's not to say that this Red Bull team isn't showing effort the entire 90 minutes. But to take it to another level in that first 15 or 20 minutes, you know, the frustration doesn't appear, uh, appear to me to be, you know, oh, no, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us. You know, it seems like they're still glass half full and can turn this thing around pretty quickly. And I think they're going to use this opportunity at Minnesota at home on Saturday night to, to kind of take it to the next level and turn things around because, you know, it hasn't been that leaky of a defense. Um, there is some frustrations in terms of, you know, maybe not enough goals here or there. Uh, to keep them in games, but Robles has been phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I think this might be just one of those, you know, starts of the seasons that you look back, you know, in June and July, and you know, like, if anything, it taught us something. You know, that's kind of the approach that I, I think that the team gets when we're talking to the players, when we're in the locker room. Uh, there is absolutely no 
harsh concerns relative to their performance in that first month of March. Kickoff will come up at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Steve and I will be on the air at 6 o'clock with our Countdown to Kickoff pregame show on the New York Red Bulls radio network. On the Minnesota side of things, Steve, and I started doing uh, the, pr- the prep for that game on Saturday, and the, the first thing I always do is go back and change players' in my roster page before I add them on to what you would call a spotting board. And I couldn't believe how many players that were on the roster for Minnesota last year are not on the roster this year. Uh, But that again speaks to kind of the parity idea of major league soccer. You can make a lot of changes and you can in, in, in some cases really inject some life in a very short amount of time. I mean, I think you said it perfectly. And that's the reason why I think Almeida's, the San San Jose coach's uh, comment was completely and utterly ridiculous. Um, There is an element of this Minnesota team where they've made a lot of good changes. And I think with the expectation that they're going to be opening up uh, this beautiful, you know, multi, multi hundred million dollar stadium, you know, that there's no reason why they can't put, you know, an incredible lineup on the field and compete every single day. Uh, And it can happen that quickly with just the right players coming in the right mindset. And, uh, and I think this Minnesota team, as much as I do not think they're the, the upper echelon of Major League Soccer, but day in, day out, they will compete. And, and interestingly enough, as you kind of look, you mentioned uh, some of the moves that they have made from a DP standpoint, bringing Quintaro in a year ago, uh, Angelo Rodriguez coming over from Colombia. But what about the, the other moves that I think are really interesting? You bring over a guy like Ike Opara, who you had just mentioned, mainstay in this league, defensive player of the year in 2017, a guy that in a lot of ways was probably heartbroken to leave Sporting Kansas City. They didn't want to uh, re-up his contract with the money that he wanted. He's won. And then you've got a guy that was synonymous with Seattle in Ozzy Alonso. Those are two guys that, yes, they are on the other side of 30, Opara just at 30, and Alonso at 33. But you're bringing those guys in, in a way, to change the culture and try and create a winning environment, winning atmosphere. Oh, I completely agree with you. And you made a valid point, especially with Alonso, who I even kind of just – Forgot about right there, but those two two positions and two moves. I mean, you talk about the importance of the spine of the team, and Ike Paro has been a phenomenal professional. He's now 30 years old, so yeah, he's getting at the tail end of his career. But at 6'2", you know, he's still a big you know presence on that field, and he's got a lot of great experience not only as a player but coming from an organization like Sporting KC. And then when you talk Alonzo, I mean, well, he was really the 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 kind of the I wouldn't say the brain, but he was the nuts and bolts of that Seattle franchise that did so well uh, for so long. And yet he is, you know, now I think he's 33. So he's at the tail end of his career as well, but doesn't mean that he can't, you know, make a big, big presence felt there for that Minnesota team. And, you know, this is a talented team. I, I do not think, again, I do not think this is a team that could compete with the upper echelons right now, of major league soccer, but day in day out, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, especially when they get into that new stadium, they can create a culture and, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, that home field advantage to get, they'll have the excitement of the crowds. They'll have uh, their own stadium. You know how that kind of goes with, uh, with success sometimes with major league soccer. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak in and, and cause some problems there when, uh, when playoff time comes around. Two wins, two losses. They have scored nine. They have given up seven. So a goal differential of plus two. They take on a New York Red Bull team, which is trying to get back to their winning ways, pick up their second win of the season. Also on the upcoming schedule for New York, while we are still here, they've got road trips to Kansas City and New England. Make the bridge from Ike Opara, former member of Sporting Kansas City. And that 
will be an interesting game in a lot of ways, Stephen. We, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on it since it's uh, a couple of weeks from now, but it's a game that's on the 14th of April, and it will be a Sporting Kansas City team that will be off of leg two of their semifinals in the Champions League with Monterey. Now, they play that second leg at home, so they've got the advantage of not having to travel in between the 11th and the 14th. Uh, but you'd like to think it's a team that, number one, is either – um, beaten up and disappointed that they were eliminated, or do they have the hangover effect knowing that they're moving on in the Champions League and playing in the finals a couple of weeks uh, later on, end of April, beginning of May? Well, with Sporting KC, I, I mean, I have nothing but respect for uh, that team and that organization and what they've done. They've been one of the more consistent teams uh, in Major League Soccer over the last you know five-plus years. I think Peter Vermees has done an incredible job. Um, I think now that they've gotten to the point where they're, you know, getting farther and farther along Champions League, that might become more important. We saw, you know, in April, I'm sorry, in March, that they weren't afraid to play their full team, full roster in a major league soccer game. And then, you know, two or three days later, play a full team uh, in the Champions League. I'm hoping that by the time, (laughs) you know, this Red Bull team goes to Sporting KC, because it is a difficult difficult place to play that that might factor into where maybe Peter Vermees is thinking more Champions League than Major League Soccer at this stage but uh, I mean when you look at that team and you look at you know Espinosa, Grisette and, uh, and Beasler in the back I mean it's just top to bottom that's a solid solid team. Even though we just bounced around the league a little bit for the first month of the season it'll be New England a, a team that New York very familiar with longtime rivals both going back to 1996 that game will come up uh, over the weekend, over Easter weekend on the 20th of April. It'll be a game that's up at Foxborough. Here's a quote for you, Steve. Give me your immediate reaction. The mentality of a player in this league is when they lose, it doesn't hurt enough. There's not relegation. They don't get fined. They don't have fans waiting by their cars. They don't have people beating them up. They don't have the pressures that others do in other leagues. That, of course, comments going into the game for New England that they wound up winning against Minnesota from their head coach, Brad Friedel. Uh, my first impression was you're doing anything to try and turn your season around. What did you think when you when you saw and read that? My general first impression was exactly what you said. You're doing anything to just turn your team around. Whether I wholeheartedly agree uh, to the context of what he's trying to say, um, yeah, I mean, I get what he's trying to mention relative to, you know, you go to Central and South America and you see what happens, you know, off the field in terms of fan engagement, obviously in England and Europe with uh, relegation. I get what he's trying to say. I think he was a little overzealous in it. And I think there was a reason for him to be overzealous, meaning that, you know, he was frustrated with his team and wanted a response. And he got the response last weekend, didn't he? He got the two goals that were probably um, created more on effort than actual, you know, putting, you know, something together in terms of a, a true great technical game or tactical game and that, that as well. It's just, you know, I think he was, you know, kind of grasping for straws a little bit. And, but at the end of the day, his team responded. So, you know, good for him. I think he's taken his, uh, his coaching uh, philosophy maybe to uh, maybe the, another inhabitant of that stadium, uh, Bill Belichick, in terms of, you know, how he's handling his players a little bit. Uh, but, you know. It is what it is. He got the response that he wants from his team. And I assure you, anytime a New York Red Bull team goes to, you know, New England and Boston to play, it's always a competitive game. It gets feisty at times because there's so much history there. 
You know, you think, too, in the case of Friedel, um, to pull that card out pretty early in the season, that was their fifth game of the year, and they wound up getting their first win. But that, to me, from a coaching psychological perspective, that's a card that you can only really use so many times during the course of the year. It's been said, so I, I can't imagine that Brad Friedel is going to try and dip into that well again because yeah. once you say something like that, it, it kind of becomes, that. that's it. I've used that card for the rest of the year. And that's partly one of my frustration of, of the reason why he kind of played that card so early. You don't, you just don't play that card in March. That's my, and if you play it, you play it amongst the, uh, maybe in a locker room and you kind of call out players that way. Um, it just, it's, it, it was almost disrespectful, uh, not only to the players, but more importantly to major league soccer in totality, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, even guys, the old guys like me didn't really appreciate the fact that, yeah, we, we knew that, you know, it was a different stress level, obviously. But, you know, it's still our profession and, and we took it seriously. So, you know, I'm taking that comment with a grain of salt. I do agree that he, he said it way too early in the season. And if you're going to say it, you say it in the, in the locker room, uh, calling out, you know, the players in the league that way uh, in public, I just thought was completely and utterly unnecessary technical uh technically for new york and they're in the span right now of three or four on the road they were in chicago last week they're home this week against minnesota then kansas city then new england it it led me into we'll spend the last couple minutes here having a little bit of fun uh and 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 concluding our april edition of inside the booth with this one because you were not with me in chicago so i missed you there but for the next couple you'll be home with minnesota in kansas city and in new england uh so as as you kind of look back and maybe think of either cities that you played in or cities that now is a broadcast part of major league soccer where, where did you like to go back in the day let's start from the playing day standpoint first back what was, in the what, day what was You're your tough. what was your You're favorite tough. what was your favorite city that you used to get to go to yeah i mean when you think about um at least the advent of the league i've always had a good time uh with cities like you know maybe dc united even though i didn't traditionally love playing at rfk stadium but DC is a great town. Um, I think Chicago, when they played in Soldier Stadium, uh, was a phenomenal town because we used to be right there, like off Michigan Avenue. Um, I think today, when you look at uh, some great cities, I think Portland is a blast to go to. Uh, you and I were at the uh, obviously the playoff series last year in Atlanta. I think that's a lot of fun just seeing how kind of the league has changed in terms of making a real big presence in a big, big market like Atlanta. We saw the same thing in the Open Cup game against Cincinnati. I think that's phenomenal what's happening there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think when you, even when you kind of look, you know, past the teams that – like, I never had particularly had a great time going to New England. And the reason being is it's not a city stadium. It's 45 minutes out. So you're in the middle of nowhere, basically. You're not so really in Boston when you play exactly, New England. Exactly. And the same could be said probably about Dallas now. Um, do I think that's a great market uh, in terms of Dallas being a city? Yes, I lived there for six years. I thought it was a great city, but uh, being so far out of uh, the city life really kind of has a, its effect uh, when you're visiting the city. But when you look at like the new teams that are coming in, Miami, how crazy is that going to be? At least uh, after they get past the Lockhart Stadium of the first couple of years. Nashville is going to be incredible. And it looks like they're going to go in straight into that stadium. And Austin is, you know, it looks like they're, ahead of schedule building their stadium those are three incredible markets to visit um you know i i just think that uh, when you look at the kind of the way this league is going and you and i have mentioned it a million times i mean just seeing the progress that we've seen over the last five or ten years has been 
absolutely amazing. Um, you know, my tenure in Major League Soccer, there was calls of concern that the league might not even exist anymore back in 2000. And now you look at uh, 2019 and 2020 going forward with the new teams coming in, and it's just an exciting time. Uh, not only just because of Major League Soccer is growing, but the markets that they're in and how big of a presence these teams have in those markets. It's just it's got to be a fun experience for all those uh, players that are playing today. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot to wrap this edition up. Pick one city in the East that if you were still playing, you would say, I can't wait to go there for whatever the reason. Well, that's easy, New York. I mean, I think New York has a special vibe uh, that uh, you just don't get. Uh, it's the diversity. It's the excitement. I, I mean, I love New York City and all that it offers. Uh, and I'm going to be corny about it because I know you're going to go in that direction too. Uh, L.A. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, there's two franchises in each of those markets because they're great markets. They're diverse markets. They're markets where, you know, they the fans really, truly get soccer and what it, you know, you can have a 0-0 tie and they can come out of the game saying, you know, that was a great game. Um, those are just two incredible markets. I had a huge luxury in playing in both of those markets. And uh, and I feel myself was I, I, I was very fortunate to be able to uh, to experience what I got to experience relative to living in L.A. and playing in L.A. and living and playing in New York. Steve Jolly, big city guy. That's what we've learned here at the end of our second edition of Inside the Booth. You are a city guy, true and true. I am a city guy. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, you know, and I look at all the other cities that uh, the players are going to be able to play uh, against and at. And uh, I mean, it's just a fun, fun time for for the players, the staffs and even guys like you and me, old guys still attached to the sport. Looking forward to being back on the air on Saturday with Minnesota United uh, coming in. Partner, uh, always fun to do this. Look forward to catching up with you over the course of the weekend and obviously uh, the future editions of Inside the Booth. Having fun. It's going to be an enjoyable weekend. I think uh, having uh, you know Minnesota come to, to New York, with New, I think the Red Bull are really going to come at this game, and it's going to be a fun, fun game to watch. Should be great. Want to thank the technical assistance, as always, of Gordon Stevenson. For Steve Jolly, I'm Matt Harmon. Don't forget to subscribe to the New York Red Bulls Radio Network uh, via whatever spot you listen to the podcast circuit. We've got players only. We've got this inside the booth. We've got our coaches look uh, all during the course from week to week, from month to month. They're all there for you. Drop us a rating. Drop us a review. Thanks, as always, for listening to us here. We will see you at the arena Saturday. Minnesota United coming into town. That game broadcast our regular spot via tune in at NewYorkRedBulls.com, the New York Red Bulls app, Sirius XMFC Channel 157 grabs us as well. He's Steve Jolly. I'm Matt Harmon. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you Saturday at the arena.